They don't have guests, they have contestants. 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt is the perfect game show and talk show hybrid that you need. Check out 10 Questions exclusively on Spotify. What's up, everybody? We back. Another week, another R2C2. What's good, bro? I am so pleased with you. I mean, always I am because, you know, you're a good friend and, and you're a great podcast co-host and, and you have the world's greatest laugh. But you're wearing the Nets on Yes hoodie again. And that oh, just yeah. makes me that makes me so happy, man. We back, man. I, I've been on vacation. I was on vacation over the weekend. So, you know, just getting back. And this was like the cleanest thing next to <laughs> next to my clothes. So, you know, I grabbed it to come down and put the pot on. It, it looks good, man. It looks good. Thank you. you. It, we, uh... I was literally just talking uh, with, you know, my boss, John Filippelli, Flip, about how awesome you were on the Nets, uh, the Nets pregame. Is he going to give me more games? I, we got to get you another game. We yeah, have to get you another game. It. You should, you should text Flip and say no because he's going to ask me to do Yankee games, and I, and I don't want to have to tell him no. <laughs> you should, do, you should text him and say, hey, what are the chances I get on another Nets game? Let's see what he says. You know, I'll mention it to Frank too. You know what? We'll negotiate it right here on the air since we're talking about we it. We can Why do not? it right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, we have to say thank you to Esquire for naming us one of the best podcasts in 2021, not just sports, but overall. That was, first of all, obviously Esquire has excellent taste, but right? that was <laughs> but that was a very cool honor. It is. That is a cool honor. It's cool to, you know, have people recognize stuff that we do. I mean, it's just us sitting here having a conversation with our friends, so... You know, to be able to to have people recognize that and and be in such a cool magazine was was really dope. And um, it's the first time I've been like recognized for something off the field. You know what I'm saying? Like I have other talents than just playing baseball. <laughs> you do have other <laughs> talents. It's true, man. It, 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 I, it, it was really cool. And to our audience, obviously, you guys all make it possible. So, like CC uh, posted about the other day, we. We so appreciate you all, and and we'll continue this journey. And we got we got a really good. A uh, little spring training rhythm going right now with uh, with R two C two. We talked we talked with Gardner and um, Glaber last week. They were both tremendous. Um, let me tell you, it also helps my broadcast prep when I'm going to doing these spring games on yes. So did, I, did you I, go to Tampa? Were you in Tampa? No, no, no man. So you did them from home. Yeah. yeah How was that? How was home. doing the baseball? I mean, from excuse home. me. I'm doing. I'm actually I doing mean, from it from the, from the studio. Stanford. Yeah. So Michael, uh, Coney, Paul. Their setups are from home. Um, I am doing it from Stanford. I could have probably repurposed my ESPN setup at home, but I, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm comfortable. They they've made the is setup it, feel so is safe. Is it harder so. to do baseball or basketball? Uh, baseball remote? is way harder off a monitor because you, there are just things that you don't you know you have to track. You know what I mean? Like so, think about like when you're watching a game. How often? Like you can't tell if a ball is like in the gap or is it going to be caught or you know what I mean? Like you know what's crazy is that I can, yeah, but I, yeah. but like a regular person can't. So like for me to call a game, it, like just me thinking about baseball and like how I watch games, it'll be easier for me to call it off the TV. Interesting, because I, really? I because I know what pitch it is with the way it's moving. You can see the rotate, like all of that stuff. Like for me, it would be way easier to call a game. Um, I was watching because I have like, you know, I'm a I'm a Yankees employee. So I get yeah. like the games that aren't on TV. Remember, I sent you that video oh, of yeah. me watching a game on uh on my iPad. Yeah. But that's the only 
uh, camera angle that I get. But I can oh, know, nice like, one. Gary hit a home run. I was like, oh, he got him. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I can watch a game and and know, but I played baseball for fucking 20 years. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's easier for baseball players to watch it on TV. That's so interesting, man. I, I By the way, I see how you were saying it's easier for you on TV. This is, again, going back to SoFlip. If you want to set me up in my home <laughs> to do games, nah, then. Nah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like, I will say, our technical and operations team at Yes Network, um, as well as ESPN, but in this case, we're talking about Yes, they've been unbelievable. Like, I, I sat in there to do the game. I did my first spring game on um, Saturday. I'm going to do another one tonight, another one on Saturday. And they, I was, like, blown away with how good the setup was. Like, because they gave me, like, where I can see all, I'm look. I have a big monitor with program. So, like, what you would see if you're watching TV. But then I also have, like, a little four box that shows me Coney. It shows me the scoreboard. So when random dudes get up in the late innings, like at least you know, okay, that's who's up. And then um, the all nine, if you will. I was like about to say, 22. it shows you the field, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it has yeah. to. So so it's small, but you could tell like, like the other day, Stanton hit that, you know, piss rod into the corner with Hicks on first. Mm-hmm. And I knew... All right. Dixie was going to score. It, well, I knew he wasn't. You know, oh, like okay, I, yeah, okay. I, I, but I wouldn't have known otherwise. If I was just looking at program, I don't know where the runner is. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I was able to know like Hicks is going to stop at third. So yeah, they've done an amazing job, man. It's it's pretty impressive, I have to say. That's crazy because well, I, I saw you posted that picture. I was like, oh, Ruko's down in Tampa. That's cool. And then I <laughs> yeah. looked back. I was like, well, it's fans. But then it, I, you know, it could be fans because it's fucking Florida. So I thought you were down there. Yeah, well, I'm glad. Like, the best compliment that we can get, right, is that it sounds like we're down there, you mm-hmm. know? So, you know, not that you were listening in this case, but I'm going to take I it as— Was I listening? Um, I don't think I watched the game over the weekend. Because you were away. How was vacation? It was great, bro. It was, it was, uh, was much-needed. Um, you know, me and Amber hadn't been on a vacation alone, you know, not Little C's baseball uh, in about 18 months, so— it was great. It was it was good just to get some sun, get away, and now I'm back ready to go. Yeah, man. And we saw, thanks to your trainer Dave, what's going on with those traps now, bro. <laughs> you've you've graduated Shrugs. from <laughs> <laughs> Dave is crazy, man. I sent him that picture and, and I was like, don't post this. And I knew he was gonna like just crop everybody out and then post the picture. It's just like you, your trap needs its own Instagram account, man. man. Uh, I'm getting big. I, I'm now like I I don't feel it, you know what I'm saying, because I sit here in hoodies and, you know, I'm wearing the same clothes. But when I see pictures, I'm like, shit. Like, yeah. I am, I'm getting pretty big. <laughs> You're going to have to, like, <laughs> going to have to slim down, have a have a, have a a lat reduction surgery. Man, you know what's crazy is that I'm I'm 290, guys. Like, this is the weight that I pitched at. Wow. It's and just... that's what people, like, I was with Tiki. Tiki was with me on vacation over the weekend, Tiki Barber. And he was like, bro, how much you weigh? Like, 250, 255? I'm like, guys, I'm 290. Like, I'm still 290. I'm only five pounds uh, lighter than I was, you know, when I started this a, a year ago. But you know what's funny? You look like like Anthony Joshua now, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you look that, like, you, you could be a heavyweight boxer, man. Until I get punched in the face. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. Anybody could be a boxer you, until you get to the ring. You, you could get one <laughs> massive payday, and that would be it. Oh, that my gosh. That would definitely gosh. be it. What do you have? Do, as Sadie reminds us too, muscle weighs more than fat. Yeah. Sadie's right about that. So there's a two ninety. What do you have? Um, a body fat percentage from like pre this? Well, when I started, this? I think I was at thirty two. 
And when I did it um, in when I when I did the body fat test and uh, we did it in January of this year, and I was at I think twenty four. Wow, man! So uh, we've so been doing it. We're gonna try to do it like every three or four months. That's Just because, awesome. like, I can't the scale now. It doesn't mean anything no. to me. You know what I'm no. saying? No. So I got to track progress on the on the little tracker that Dave has at the at the uh, at the gym. Well, I don't have um, your body fat tracker, but I do have uh, the photo tracker, and the photo <laughs> tracker says things are getting better and better. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Um, so, see, uh, we're going to talk with your buddy Jordan Montgomery today. Yeah, my little brother. This is going to be so fun. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, but before we do that, of course, we start every R2C2 with new episodes every Thursday and bonus episodes as well. With some slinging heat, what do you mm-hmm. got for us, see? Man, I, I'm going to go all Yankee slinging heat just because oh, nice. the last week it's been no um, no basketball, obviously, after the All-Star game, you know what I'm saying? So we have really nothing going on, so let's talk a little baseball. And 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 just watching, uh, my first one is just watching Jay Bruce and what he's been able to do um, so far and, you know, hitting for power. And I think if man, if, if he can do that and and uh, consistent basis for this lineup in this in this roster, I think he's going to find himself, you know, playing pretty much every day, whether it's in the outfield or you know sharing some reps at first base because he can do that. I mean, that left-handed power in the in, in the lineup is much needed, and and he's providing that so far. So you feel like you feel like he's almost certainly going to make the roster. I feel like at this point he has to, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like he can he can play you know, the corner outfield positions, and he can play first. And he's yeah. left-handed in that little-ass park. Like, it's, it's a no-brainer, you know what I'm saying? I also like the other day um, when he was uh, talking with the media and they were asking him about whether or not, you know, he... It, basically, the question was something of, like, do you think you're, you know, you're capable of making the roster? Something like that. And he was just like, oh, I know I belong on the roster. If I'm healthy... Like, I, I, I know I belong, you know. Um, and he understood, I think, too, like, it just depends what route they want to go with their flexibility and bench and versatility. But, like, I he, I liked it because it was a dude who, like, is like, uh, I've played in the big leagues a long time. A but like long also, time, bro. Also understands, like, that it's not just about ability, mm-hmm. but, like, that ability is not going to be an impediment here, you know. If, if he and, doesn't and, make the team, it's other things. And he's, and he's played in New York. So yeah. him being able to answer that question like that is, yeah. is a guy that's played in New York and a veteran player because – you know, anybody else is coming in and be like, shit, what you talking about? Make the roster. Yeah. I'm the best yeah. motherfucker. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, him understanding the media and understanding what New York is is a plus, too, for sure. Yeah, 100%. I, I like that, see? And I agree. He fits well. And at this point, you have to find a way to have him on the roster if he's going to look like this because he does bring you something that's unique um, compared to to what you already have. What do you got for your second sling and heat today? Second sling and heat is... You know, coming off the 60-game season, obviously pitchers are going to be on short pitch counts. And, you know, just seeing the Zach Britton injury, the bullpens are going to be even more important on every club. And our bullpen is the strength of our team. So I think maybe with Britt being out to six to eight weeks, you never know how long. What that's going to turn into, if it's a setback or not, um, you know, you got D-Rob sitting out there. I think you may need to, you know, go ahead and and look at maybe trying to sign that guy for the back end of the bullpen um, and, and just to help. You know, uh, because you're going to have so many guys on short pitch counts because they didn't throw so many innings, uh, a lot of innings last year. Mm. So you think it's interesting. Yeah. D-Rob still hasn't been signed. 
Who are there anybody? You know, I will say this though too. Th- this is one of the reasons why. Remember, like a few years ago, and it's become normalized. But a few years ago, it was like if you had a closer, and they weren't closing, it was thought to be a problem. And now I'm glad we've graduated to get as many great relievers as you can and just stack them up. Get as many closers as possible. Yes, exactly, you know exactly, what I'm exactly. Yeah. Right, because <laughs> you don't know when one's going to go down, and it makes it so much easier to withstand that blow. Now, Mariano Rivera is a ridiculously unique asset. He's the greatest reliever in the history of the game. He's even greater in October. I mean, his it, 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 sometimes, and I know we all know this, but sometimes out there, if you, if you haven't in a while looked at Mo's numbers in October, just go back and look. Like, it's they're silly. I bring this up just to say, but with the with those bullpens, if you lost Mo, now he's a very unique entity, but if you lost Mo, that was like a death blow to the team. You know, the the good thing about stacking up all these closers is it's like, hey, you know, if you lose Britain for two, three months, you can weather the storm until he gets back. If you lose Chappie for a couple months, you can weather the storm until he gets back. When Dellen was here, you know, could weather the storm. The way Chad Green is out of the pen, you know, you have some options. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the way the bullpen was built back even, I mean, 09, it was built a little different. But if Mo goes down anytime during those championship runs, other than when John Wetland was on the team, the Yankees are fucked. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Back into the bullpen, there was, I mean, our, our bullpen in 09 was built a little different just because you had Jabba and then Phil went back to the end of the back, back into the bullpen, but those guys still weren't ex- experienced. You know what I'm no, saying? And, like, and remember by by game six, Moe's getting six outs. Yeah, he was he was, he was he was pitching two innings by yeah. game six. Of the, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, just the way our bullpen has been set up for the last really Five years now, you know, we've been kind of, you know, having like the super bullpen type of situation. I think you need to continue to have that, especially in the season when starters and, and, and you know, guys are not going to be able to go as deep in the games. How about your third slinging heat, C? My third slinging heat is if Gary Sanchez can look like this, I've said this a, 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 a thousand times, um, then the Yankees are going to be fine, man. If Gary hits, then... I think all the problems for the Yankees are relieved. You know what I'm saying? Just because of of the type of caliber of hitter he is. And and we know what he did when he came up 2017. And really in 18-2, he's hitting moonshots right now. I still would like to see him hit, you know, some more balls to right field um, because he he can take advantage of that short porch in right field. You know, we talk about we don't have any left-handed power. We just talked about Jay Bruce. But Gary can take advantage of that, that short porch and be – kind of that left-handed power with with the way he can hit the ball um, if he take, takes advantage of that. So I, I would still like to see him become the complete hitter that he was when he first came up, and I know he can be. And I think this, this is going to answer a lot of our problems if, if Gary can come up and, and show that, you know, he's the Gary of old. I'm rooting so hard for him because for whatever reason, and Coney was talking about this on the broadcast the other day, he's been a lightning rod with this fan base. There are certain guys who, for whatever reason, become lightning rods with fan bases, especially the Yankee fan base. Um, Alex Rodriguez dealt with that for a long time. I think Jason Giambi had some of that with with fans and expectations. Um, And Gary Sanchez has absolutely been that. But the reality is, Gary, what he can produce offensively is, it's not just not usual, 
for a catcher. It's historic. We're talking about the greatest catchers in the history of the game. We put up a graphic the other day. He has the second highest slugging percentage from a major league catcher in baseball history. You don't just give up on that. You know, you don't. And I do think that last year in particular, people overrated the results of last season because of it being 60 games. And I also feel like we have to remember that this guy, st- he's not 35, you know, mm-hmm. the, he's still, he's still, he's still trying to figure it out, man. And yes, exactly. And the thing yes. is, is that the expectations were so high is because he came up and hit 20 homers in 60 games. You know yes. what I'm saying? Right. So the ability is there. It's not like, and, and, and this is, I don't want this to sound wrong, but it's not like, it's not like this kid, Jason Dominguez, where we haven't seen him and he's got yeah. all this hype. Gary came to the big leagues and hit 20 homers and literally turned our shit around. We, re- we rebuilt it for the second half of 2016, and that was it because of Gary Sanchez. So that's where the fans' expectations come from, and they, and they get on them, and, it's, and they're so high. But because, because he produced, and like you said, it's historic. So, you, you, like, I mean, you can't, I mean, the guy's got crazy ability. And he's so young, and, and, and he works hard. And it's going to be unlocked. And, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be in the All-Star game every year here pretty soon. And, and if we give up on it, I just hate to see him do that shit in another uniform. I love seeing what a great start he's gotten off to this spring. I think that's important for him because he is a guy, as Marcus Timms has talked about, who tries to get it all back with one swing You know, when he's struggling. He wants to perform well, and he knows what he's capable of, so it, it bothers him when he's not. It really you, does, man. Yeah. And, 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 for, and, like, and that's an important thing because Marcus has been around. We've been around. Sometimes it don't bother some of these kids or some of these people. It really bothers him. He wants to be great, and that's why I think that you see all his teammates and everybody in the organization defending him all the time because we see how hard he works. Yes, 100%. And I, I think, see – that point is important for our audience to hear, and I know you make sure to say it, and I'm glad you're saying it again, because I don't think people always realize that. But from the people who are around him, this is universal and important for people to know. I'm so glad Gary's off to a good start, and I hope it continues. All right, without further ado, it is time to chat with one of the people who will be throwing to Gary this season, CeCe's little brother, Jordan Montgomery, coming up right now on R2C2. See, this is this is your little brother, man. Yeah, it's exciting to have him on finally. I feel bad. Like it's been like it's been three, four years. I've been waiting. Been, I've been waiting, been waiting patiently. <laughs> 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 That's great. Well, it's good. It, it's good to good to finally make things right, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get you on. So people are fascinated by your guys' relationship. And Jordan, you referenced the other day how you get texts from C as well as Andy. And you had talked about Andy talking about his fastball versus your fastball. Yours has a lot more life to it. And you didn't give any specifics about C's text. (laughs) (laughs) C, C said... That's because I'm not ever texting them about baseball. So, <laughs> or, or they're like aggressive, like, "Hey, you need to be attacking guys more." Or, 
you're better than that. You need to stop walking, guys. Stop being scared. And stuff yeah, like see, that. <laughs> that's why I never text about baseball because I'm so aggressive, bro. Like, so it's much easier for me to just to text him about his parent or his girlfriend or Tuck, his, his yeah. dog, and then we and then we can get into baseball. But like, if I'm just watching him pitch, then I'm sending him like aggressive texts. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Throw the ball over the plate. Like, always mad, guys. <laughs> so. Jordan, do you just see these texts then when you get in from your outing? Yeah, sometimes I'll get in and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I'll look <laughs> at it and be like, oh, okay, I see how it is. There you go. <laughs> ah, I love it. Wait, see, do you, as you're watching Jordan pitch, you're just firing off messages then? I'm, I'm I, I, like, I'm watching the game as if, as if I'm there and he can hear me talking to him. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm I'm telling him to throw certain pitches or like throw in certain areas or even like like him facing the lefty gives me anxiety because I want him to face <laughs> the lefties how I pitched him you know what I'm saying but like he can't throw the way out you know what I'm saying so it's just always that that's the only time I ever text him like if he walks a lefty then I get oh, mad yeah that's not allowed <laughs> <laughs> and Andy with the Andy with the he always tries to play like your stuff was better than mine, bro. This guy's a Hall of Famer, he's one of the best pitchers yeah. to ever pitch. He used to always tell me that, like, oh man, your stuff's so much better than mine, blah blah blah. He just always tries to downplay himself. Always, yeah, he'll gas you up for sure. <laughs> you, you know what's funny about that is like I remember people used to always ask Joe Girardi about uh, what what made Andy great, why he can handle such big situations, and. People obviously always talk about Andy's mental toughness, rightfully so. The intangibles, rightfully so. But Girardi used to always start with, and I appreciate this, he used to be like, well, first and foremost, he's got really good stuff. You know, <laughs> like, like, like it, it's almost like, I feel like Jeter fell into that mold sometimes too, where people be like, man, the intangibles of Derek Jeter. I'd be like, yeah, first and foremost, his tangibles are great too. You know, like, it's not just those extracurriculars. Having said that, Jordan, I think you got even better stuff, man. So, you know, you, you, <laughs> you have to All work right, it. There we go. What, how did you guys connect when when Jordan, when you came up to the big leagues? What's your first kind of memory of your re interactions with CeCe? Shoot. I remember being close to his locker in spring training. My first spring training up, he always had the corner and the uh, locker in the corner. And they kind of put me on that row. And so when I was on that row, I was like, dang, man. Maybe, maybe they like me here. Like, I got a pretty good spot. Like, Pineda was like right beside me, I think. And it was like starter row, basically, is how they always do it. And we just kind of started talking. And what year was that when you, your first, when you were next to sea in spring, Jordan? That was, that was 17. 17. That was was your rookie year. year. Yeah, yeah. That was when I should have broke with the team, but, um, I ended up having to, do a couple extra starts because there was so many off days in the first two weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. That's right. See, what were your what were your first impressions of Jordan besides I, seeing that his locker was going to be was, around? Yours? I was excited that we had another lefty on the staff. You know what I mean? Because it had been so long since Andy was there, and like you know, so having a chance to you know be able to talk to another lefty, a guy that you know had good stuff. You know, his changeup was good. So you know, to be able to pick his brain and and chop it up about pitching was the first thing that I was excited about. And then I get to get to know him and he's super cool. And now, you know, we hanging out, we can go to dinner and different things like that. So it just started us being being lefties and, you know, being on that starters row in spring training. And you know me, I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk to everybody in that clubhouse and, you know, see who's cool and see who's not and figure everything out. And, 
You know, me and Monty hit it off right away. And, and uh, you know, I think Holder, too. Like, Holder, him, him, and, him and Holder being so close and me knowing how good of a dude Holder is. And if Holder's hanging around Monty, then I know Monty's a good guy. You know what I'm saying? So it made it easier, you know, for us to connect in that way. If you just watch your teammates and watch the, the room in the locker room, you'll know who's cool and who's not. And, and it, was, it was pretty evident right away that Monty was really popular with, with the younger guys. And it just made it easier for me to go, go and approach him and talk to him. Jordan, was there, I mean, when you're, you're coming up, C, obviously, at that point, is ridiculously accomplished. You know, he's, he's towards the end of his career. Is there any nerves about starting to pick his brain? Or, I mean, he's a, he's a welcoming guy, so maybe he immediately eliminated that. But is there any hesitation of like, oh, geez, like, how, you know, how do, how do I approach this? Kind of. I mean, I can have times of being just super awkward. So <laughs> it, it worked out having like all my boys up there already, like Judge, Holder, Wade. I mean, we would just kind of kick it and then C was there. And I got like, like you said, I got to see how C was around them. And then me and C were hanging out alone and like just hanging out. So uh, it kind of took all that away being around like my crew already. Um so just like he said, you, you just you kind of sit back and watch who's cool with who and um, how people interact. And I mean, you never hear a bad thing about C anyway. I got I got a question for you about like you coming up or like as a kid and stuff like you. You were a guy like that's been one of these new age like P.O.s, right? Like you were a P.O. from like the time you were a kid, right? What's a P.O.? A pitcher only. Like he, he's oh. like he's a guy that, that only pitched. I remember like him and Evaldi. Well, like the first guys that I like had a chance to talk to that had been like, you know, like had pitched pretty much their whole life. And I was just wondering, like, wh like, what do you think about like guys being POs that make you better as a kid? Like, what do you think, you know, for kids coming up these days, you know, Definitely should they be not. POs or should they try to do whatever? Definitely should do everything. Um, I mean, I, I was a first baseman. I was decent at hitting. I would like jam myself all the time. Like my hands <laughs> were so far away from my body. I just never really like really locked in on hitting. Um, and I would run into some like barrels every now and then when I was hitting, but for the most part, I was getting my hands destroyed <laughs> and my high school team was so good that they didn't really need me. So, I mean, we had a, a backup first baseman that was a really good hitter and they kind of were just like, Hey, you're going to pitch as much as you can your senior year. Just go out there. That's all we want you to worry about. And I did. I think I won went 11 and 0 with like a 0.6 ERA or something and we won state and it worked out good. So I got, I got no bad things about my high school career really, but I would, if I had a kid, he would be hitting and, and pitching doing both if he could. Yeah. How about just growing up? Did you live your whole life in South Carolina growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was baseball like there? warmer climate but not also not florida like how 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 was it seasonally with baseball there and like did you grow up saying like yeah i definitely know i want to be a big leaguer someday uh i didn't really things out until junior year of high school i started getting a little bit of college talk but my my town is a baseball town i mean we we produced a lot of minor leaguers um i think my high school team had like five or six d1 guys my my summer team, I was playing with 
um, a bunch of like freshmen in college playing D1 coming back for their last year of eligibility for it. So like I'm playing with all these like 19 year olds and I'm 14 or 15 <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like the awkward 14 year old that's out there like getting out and like making a name for myself. And, uh, it, uh, it, it, it kind of came together my senior year, got to Carolina, made a name for myself immediately, got in the rotation and then was like, well, heck it, like this Friday night spot's mine. I'm going to hold it down till my junior year and get out of here. So it, uh, it kind of, evolved and then once i got to college i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do it besides south carolina was there any other schools that you uh that you were interested in my mom will love this story uh so <laughs> my first offer was citadel it's a, a military okay. military school in south carolina and so they used to they always did a, a summer thing like uh for academics called boy state and my brother went and they basically take you to their campus it's like a castle and you drop the kid off and then you leave. My mom cried every time she dropped my brother <laughs> off. <laughs> and so we go and you have to shave your head and oh, no. you, you really can't come home much because you're as a knob is what they call their freshmen. You, you don't really have any like privileges. You, you're stuck there until Christmas break, basically. And so they told her that and she was like, nope, we ain't going there <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Like you're done with baseball. You're not going, go to Juco, whatever. So we go to the game after that. And we had already talked on the way there, on the way to the game of it, like probably not going to happen. And they got in a bench clearing brawl. <laughs> Cause there was a play at the home plate. And it was like, Nope, not that's off. And then <laughs> college of Charleston, um, offered me, and then they kind of like wanted to rush me into committing. And like three days later, South Carolina came and I immediately committed. Wow. College of Charleston, that's where Guardy went, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Did you play, did you play other sports in high school too? Did you, did you, did you hoop or anything else or no? You know, I love hooping. I, f I feel like you can shoot really good. Like, I feel like you, I feel like, you know, lefty, I feel like you got a good jumper. I shoot righty though for some reason. Do you? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I learned from my oldest brother, so we would we would hit a lot of shots in the backyard playing twenty one. But so uh, me and my best friend, he's probably the most athletic person I've ever known. You can give him a shout out. What's his name, Jordan? Bruce Caldwell. Shout out. <laughs> shout he out. Played, Bruce. Uh, AAA with the Cardinals forever. Um, we decided the basketball team was going on a spring break trip to Hawaii. So we were like, we're going to give it a shot, whatever. <laughs> so we try out, we make the team, we, we go all junior summer to their tryouts, end up practicing with them all summer. Um, and the coach is like, Hey, like y'all are just going to like fill, come off the bench, get our guys some rest. Uh, I mean, we had two seven footers, guy went to Georgetown, a guy went to Charleston Southern. We had a freshman getting offers from every SEC school. I mean, wow. we were a pretty good team. I ended up tearing my LCL in summer ball and shut it down. I just couldn't play. <laughs> so my best friend quit, too. He was like, I ain't playing if you're not playing. <laughs> Hardest practices I've ever been to. Like, first 15 minutes, I was sauced already. Too much running. <laughs> did, you, did you get to go to the Hawaii trip? No. Oh, oh. that sucks, guys. Oh. 
we never even made it to the actual the school year. We we had made the team and practiced <laughs> with them all through summer, and then I tore my leg and I was like, eh, Coach Tanner ain't gonna let me play. <laughs> You're like, yeah, maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through with this anyway. Oh, you you know, do you and Gardy have any sort of special bond? Both being from South Carolina, that's like a I feel like that's a unique state to be from. He always rags on me from being from Sumter. It's like, oh, well, they don't got that in Sumter. <laughs> you know, that that public school education in Sumter don't teach them that. Or, <laughs> the amount of times I've gotten ragged on from Gardy for being from Sumter is Gardy's, a dollar. Gardy's always going to find a way to rag on you. Like, he could be from the same hometown as you, live on the same street, and he'll still find a way to rag on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely Gardy. Jordan, I thought it was funny the other day because I broadcasted your um, start the other day on Yes. And uh, so in preparation for that, I was listening back to some of your comments throughout the spring. And you had been asked about your weight because last year you had put on some weight and the velocity had gone up. And and, and someone had asked thinking like, oh, are you in that place again? And you kind of like smiled and laughed and you were like, yeah, you know. I got a little mixed up with the mass equals gas thing last year, (laughs) but I dropped about 15 pounds, tried to get more flexible. And it it was funny because, see, we always talk about mass equals gas, you know? So, but Jordan, like, what made you kind of change your philosophy there or or drift back away from mass equals gas? So I came into... Last year's first spring training, feeling the best I've ever felt, off the mound, everything. And then quarantine happened, went home, ate some mama's cooking, (laughs) and showed up. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I was running football routes. I was doing everything I could, but uh, man, I did not feel good. And then I came here, and I I did all right. I still had a good year, but I definitely... uh, wasn't like moving on the mound well to uh i was i was just too heavy so yeah but you came into the first camp you look great yeah the yeah, very no, first I, the very first camp like this time last year he was perfect i remember but we were the, talking about it see yeah we, we, the we thing were, is the thing is when you get big though like you it's just it's a it's a teetering thing so you can if you five pounds too heavy if and you and you're bigger for your frame then you're gonna feel out of breath you're gonna feel gas you're exactly. gonna feel you feel terrible in the bullpen. You feel terrible all the time. You know what I'm saying? So and that to, be able, fast, to be able too. to recognize that is 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 a vet move though, because I would have just kept eating, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they they giving me crap. Uh, Garrett was giving me crap because I noticed it in the season. I was like, I started uh, smuggling hard boiled eggs from the field to eat for <laughs> breakfast the next morning. <laughs> I was doing everything I could. I was eating half of the food. I mean, I was still weighing in heavy. I'm like, man, well, at least I know I'm trying. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, that's great, bro. That's, a, that's amazing. You know, just watching you the other day, Jordan, I mean, you looked unbelievably sharp. How do you feel right now as far as physically goes and, and with your stuff? Oh, man. Right now, I feel finally think more of just me versus the guy. And, and that's when I'm best. It's, I'm, I'm a competitor. So, like, if I'm not on the mound thinking about anything, I'm not timid, and I can just come right at you. So, What were you thinking about? Uh, getting your arm up, getting your leg up. I mean, it was more of like a mechanical robot out there throwing a baseball. And then 
it just, it, 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 uh, it spirals when you start doing that. So I got to work with my guy back home and get things right. It's hard when you first come up, bro. Like, um, because you are thinking about everything, you, you know, you're trying to make sure your mechanics are good. You're worried about if you're going to get sent down, if we're going to trade for somebody, it's, 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 you're worried about everything. You know what I mean? And you don't know if you can compete, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of different things, but now that he's older, he's settling in, he can come into camp and know that he's in the rotation and he could just get ready to pitch a season. Um, that's a, that's a huge difference mentally. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if a switch can go off where you just like, ah, oh, like this is my spot. Like I'm fine. I could, I just need to go out here and execute pitches. Um, it makes it a lot easier, a lot, a lot less pressure on yourself. I thought it was interesting to just kind of thinking about how maybe you're, you're new age in some ways, right? Like the, I know you're a young guy, um, but hearing you the other day talk about being aware of some of those underlying numbers you had last year, right? Because if you just looked at, first of all, super small sample size, but if you just looked at ERA, it'd be like, oh, did, did Jordan have kind of a struggle? But then you look at some of the other numbers, like your soft contact and stuff, and you realize how unlucky you were and what your, you, what your you know, FIP was, right? Your, your uh, fielding independent pitch, whatever that is, ERA, you know, it was like more like low threes. Um, and I, I, and I appreciated the other day that you were like, you know, I, ultimately I did feel like I had a good year. I feel like some of these numbers probably, you know, I don't know how you worded it. I'm paraphrasing, but like you were unlucky a little bit or whatever, because that's the story that actually is told. And I'm wondering, how did you get to the process of being not only in a place where you're aware of those numbers, but you're embracing them and willing to use them and, and conversate about them to say, you know, I know this number maybe doesn't look great, but actually, if you look at my broader resume from last year, there's some good there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, realistically, a lot of people don't even really like look at ERA anymore. Um, but I mean, I can picture like six games last year where I was on the verge of a quality start and I give up a Bermuda Triangle bloop single that scores one or a another like an infield single that turns into two runs or just like stuff like that like outs that could have been outs or whatever i mean not making excuses make a better pitch and don't let them hit it but on the whole a lot of soft contact kind of was the end of me last year so soft contacts what we're trying to do so i'm going to keep trying to do it are you when that happens jordan are you saying like are you saying to someone, you know, whether it's in analytics with you guys or operations or one of the coaches, you're saying, look, like, I, I don't, I feel like I'm pitching better than what the results are. Like, uh, is there anything to support that? Or is someone coming to you and say, hey, don't get down because actually this is all good? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they came up and told me that. I mean, I'm always out there, like, if I'm giving up runs, like, I'm going to try and find a way to not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's I, what I, that was Larry. Larry used to always be like, I, I, I go out and I give up five runs in six innings. And Larry would be like, Well, your soft contact, right? I don't give a fuck about soft contact right now, Larry. I just gave up five runs, cousin. We lost the game. Like, <laughs> I don't care about that. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, I need them to hit it harder then. Like, just hit it at people. <laughs> but it probably keeps you from getting down on yourself, right? To know. Well, I'm still doing what I'm supposed to do. 
Yeah. I mean, just tell me how it is. I'm, I'm not going to get down on myself or whatever. I'm a pretty, I'm a professional. I mean, I, I, I'm here to get outs and user beam than an infield single, right? That's a hit. So I'm not going to make excuses. I'm just going to keep, keep on trying. I mean, if I'm making soft contact, then I'm doing something right. So, and that's and that's like you said, he's a new age guy, but Monty's old school, bro. In the way where like it, like none of that shit matters. Just give him the fucking ball and get out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I love about him. It's like, you know, yeah, the numbers and all of that stuff, and you got to pay attention to the analytics and all that stuff. We know that that stuff, all that stuff, makes sense. But at the end of the day, he still wants to get out and win games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we can look at the soft rate, soft contact rate, and all of that stuff, but. Still, at the end of the day, we still lost the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you're saying what I, I I've been love, trying I to say. I love that about him. That his like the competitiveness, and and I think that get lost sometimes in the analytics. If that makes sense. You, I mean, you described it before too, Jordan. You said like, I'm an ultimate competitor when I'm not thinking, when I'm just attacking. That's when I'm at my best. How how would you describe your competitive nature? How has that come out in your life? Like, did you was it something always playing sports growing up? That was there because you, in general, you come across as a mild mannered dude, right? But on the field, it's a different guy. I mean, I grew up with two older brothers, so I mean, it was either eat or get eaten. So, and I mean, fouls weren't a thing. We played hard. Same thing. They'd hit me ground balls if I missed one. I had to make ten in a row. Had to make fifty free throws in a row. I mean. It's a lot. They were pretty hard on me when it came to athletics, but um, they they had me when I was young. I'd go cry to my mom, and she'd come out and set them straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure you. I'm sure because I know how close you are to your mom, and I know like y'all's relationship. I'm sure you played that up a lot too, and got them in trouble a lot. My brother's best friends are like he'd go in there red faced, and he'd come back, and if if Rory wasn't right behind him. Daggum. So <laughs> <laughs> they they got it. They got the wrath of Rory sometimes. What what is it like for your family watching you as a big leaguer? And not just a big leaguer, Jordan, but a New York Yankee. They love it. Um I think they're more nervous than I am when I'm on the mound. I know my brother's like super nervous. He's he's just like C. He's he's on the mound with me, saying what pitch I should throw. Like going, oh yeah, yeah, good pitch there, good pitch there. Like, I've got videos of them sneak sneaking video of him, and he's like twitching, like. So they're uh, they're great. They they come out whenever they can. COVID's been tough. My mom hadn't seen me pitch since before TJ, so she's itching to come see oh, me wow. throw. Um. So I mean, I, they're they're uh they're a wreck when I'm pitching. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. You know what's funny? We recently had on Margie, Cece's mom, on the podcast, and she was saying that she was like, you know, every single start of his of his life, I was a nervous wreck until he came out of that game. Like there, no moment of enjoyment, no no going and getting snacks until after he's out of the game. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I think every mom's like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No doubt. Jordan, how about last year? You got a big start in the playoffs in game four against the Rays, and you pitched incredibly well. You helped save the Yankee season. Um, and CeCe and I talked about the time, and the number one focus, I think, for C was he was so excited you were getting that opportunity. 
And that was when we were previewing game four, that was on top of mind for C. What kind of lingering effect does it have for you knowing that you pitched in an elimination game with the season on the line after two emotional losses where it kind of feels like everything is backsliding on you guys now and you came through in the way that you did? I, I love that. I love having that opportunity. I, I've always been a guy that wants that opportunity. I, I treat it just like a normal game, same nerves, go out there and kind of have the same mindset. I mean, go after the guys, throw strikes, keep the team in it, and it's a win. So another the brothers growing up, I don't, I don't buckle, I guess. Um, I've pitched in big games my whole life. My mom made sure she reminded me that before that start. I mean, she sent me this long message of how in high school I did it, and then in college I did it, and then in the AAA national championship game I did it, and now's just the next stepping stone to do it in a, a big league playoff game. So uh, that's what I've been working for, working toward uh, all of TJ, and I finally got the chance. And just for anybody in the audience who doesn't know, TJ is Tommy John surgery, which which Jordan underwent uh, a couple years ago. I was excited for him to have an opportunity just to, because now there's nothing he can't do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, after pitching an elimination game where there's no tomorrow, if I pitch bad, there's no tomorrow. We go the fuck home. If if you can pitch through that, then you can pitch at any time, in any game, in any fucking stadium. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted, I wanted that for him. I want that for all young pitchers early in their career. Because if once you get through that start, that nerves, that bullpen, being able to stand out on that mound with the whole season on your fucking back and you standing on the mound and you can come through that, then there's nothing you can't do. So I, I was excited for him to get that opportunity. I knew he was going to pitch well, but I just wanted him to be in that situation. So now going forward, I mean, he can start any game at any time. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's exciting for me. Jordan, how do you view yourself kind of in this Yankees rotation? You're a younger dude, but you're also more reliable in some sense than, you know, Davey Garcia, who hasn't been here before, right? Or even even some of the guys coming off of injury, Tyone and Kluber, you know, some of the other young guys as well, Schmidt, um, Herman's own entity, obviously, with what he's dealt with. How, do, when you think of yourself placing into this Yankee rotation, what do you think? I'm excited about the rotation as a whole. Um, I'm excited about the opportunity I'm going to have. I think I have a lot more responsibility this year of being a guy that goes out there and has a little more lead on defense. And, and I think the team's going to need me to do that. So um, I, I definitely have thought that during all the prep of working on the mound and getting my pitches in and just building up. Um just to be a reliable guy that goes out there every five days. So um, I, I'm, ex I'm excited about this year, having that opportunity, and um, hopefully I have the best year yet. I'm, I'm glad you said that about the, the Yankees and the team going to rely on you to go deeper in the games because they are. Um, I wasn't going to say that. I, no, yeah, I wasn't going to say that with you on here. I was going to wait until after. But, no, I mean, I think Monty, this is going to sound crazy, but Monty's the most important piece to that rotation because – He's the next health. I mean, he's healthy yep. next to Cole. We yep. know what Garrett Cole's going to be. Yep. Like, Imani's got to be the next the next best thing because we don't know what, what anybody else is going to be in that rotation until Savvy gets back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. to, so 
it's it's two stable, healthy pieces that we know can pitch in the big leagues and really good. And it's Monty and and Garrett Cole. So he's gonna have to hold it down until these guys can prove that they're healthy or until Sevy comes back. But, I, but agree. I wasn't going to say that with you on here yeah. until you said that that you know that the team is relying on you. Because so no they pressure, are. Monty. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> you, you know, since you just said Monty, uh, this was one of the questions. Uh, that we have a bunch of questions uh, for you um, from people, from Yankee fans, Jordan. But uh, Salty New Yorker on Twitter wanted to know, which nickname is the real nickname, Monty or Gumby? I like Monty better. I don't think people have ever seen the the Gumby that was Gumby that actually got the nickname. I mean, I was a <laughs> I was a freshman showing up in South Carolina, like like Gumby, not, yeah, like Gumby. <laughs> Best way to ex, uh, explain it, man. I had no muscle. I think I'm like a a whole different version of what I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> What about Jordan? You came up, you mentioned before the guys who you come up with in the minor leagues who you kind of had at the big leagues and before you got there, Judge included. What was Judge like as a minor leaguer? Same. I mean, I played with Judge a little bit in AAA, but he was the same. I mean, I remember pitching in AAA, having a good outing, and then he hit one. If you've ever been to Scranton, they had this big blow up rail rider in the back of like center left field yeah and he went over it a grand slam over that against the uh nationals triple a team um but it's was, it was just the same same for all every guy that's come up i mean we just show up to the field get our work in it's like the yankees have bred us to just show up and like enjoy being around each other and and working hard that's dope jordan you game for some fan questions sure all right. I thought we already started that. Well, I I I, I did one, what and the then I kind of deviated. You did two, Ruko. No, the second one was just me. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, you're a fan, so. Yeah, so okay, that's true. <laughs> I am. From King DJ 5297 over the course of your career, what's the biggest change you've made to your pitching mechanics? I wouldn't say they've changed that much. The the thing is when I, I get away from what I need to be doing, which is get to the top of my delivery and then go, I think I need to move slower to get into my legs more, which is actually getting out of my legs. So the more of rhythm I have and like a, a constant tempo, I can recreate that more and more and that gets my hand in the same spot. And then I can start manipulating the ball and like feeling my hand manipulate the ball a little bit. And then that's when I'm cruising. See that, that, see that overthinking right there? Like you asking what he's thinking about? That's what he's thinking about yeah. on the mound. <laughs> but like when he's able to repeat his delivery, I think Monty's delivery is, he's, it hasn't changed because it's, it's, it's almost flawless. Like yeah. he's on balance when he's right and, and, and can re- it's repeatable. He's on balance and like headed down towards the plate like every pitch. So that's a that's a that's a a crazy thing to be that big, six six, and be able to re- like when he's on to be able to repeat his, repeat his delivery that much. This uh, this question, speaking of pitches, comes from Goat Sports Six. What is your favorite pitch, and what was the hardest to learn? I think my favorite pitch is like a freezing a guy fastball inside. Um, I, I love throwing inside. I think it sets up everything, and it's something that guys have kind of gotten away away from. Um, 
I know Larry always told me live or die with fastball down and away. CC will love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, like I lose inside and then I'll go off that. Um, which I, I'm about 50 50 now, I guess. But the hardest pitch for me to learn was um, making my curveball better. Um, which the, the bigger and stronger and more athletic I've, I've gotten over the years has helped my arm speed and getting a little more depth on it. But it, uh, it definitely didn't come easy. Hmm. And then one last final fan question for you. Neftali Geschmack uh, wants to know, do you have a pregame ritual or special food that you have on game days? I try to keep it light. Um, in college, we would always have our pregame dinner four hours. So I try and do that just because I, I don't like feeling full. I'd rather be hungry going out there than like stuffed. Um, so like the lighter, the better I feel going out there. So I'll do that and maybe snack on a banana like an hour before the game. That's really it. I try and chug water as much as I can. This is the last that so we got to get you out of here on this, Jordan. We got I got I got to bring this back up. Earlier in the pod, you very adorably mentioned that you're just awkward. You you're just awkward at times with people. You were like you're like, "Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just kind of an awkward guy at times." How g- give us a story, Jordan. What what's a what's a Jordan Montgomery being awkward story? I think I'm like just like ADD. Sometimes in the media I'm like just like tripping out, looking <laughs> different directions. I mean, for those just listening, Jordan's just looking around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my girlfriend had to tell me this morning. I was like, "Don't bite your lip and just focus on the Zoom call. Look, focus on the camera." All right? She's like watching my media after games and be like, "It's tough to watch, man." Like his girlfriend's like place. Amber, bro. So like, you know, what I mean, she runs pretty much. She tells him everything, just like Amber. Oh, so I love it. Thing. Then he's a lucky man, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, nah, I'll kick to my coverage for sure. <laughs> I like that. Well, I hope that she gives the approval here today, Jordan. You, yeah. You, you you let us know if she has any, you know, any teachings. We'll just get you back on. But I'm so glad we were able to do this. I, I'm sure you know, but C is always informing our audience about how much you mean to him and your guys' relationship. And and we're rooting so hard for you, man. And, and that curveball looked downright filthy the other day. So... Cannot wait to see it this season, man. Yeah, I'm excited to have some fans out there, too. Amen. We are as well. Thank you for doing this, Monty. No problem. Thank you all for having me. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See, I find Jordan Montgomery to be a very, he's hes very charming. He's just a very likable guy. He's easy to talk to, guys. So, like, yeah. you know, we sit on the bench and just, I mean, it's never about baseball because, he gets so like you can he can get so into his own head yeah. that like when he's going good, I never even talk to him about baseball. Like mm. when he's like when he's right locked in, mechanics are good. He's uh, repeating his delivery. There's nothing to talk about because if you start talking to him about different things, he start overthinking and he gets out of whack. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's where I say he's old school in a way where you just give him the fucking ball and let him get on the mound and do his thing. You know? Yeah. You know, you talked about it and he brought it up. I really believe he is a key to this team this year. Like, no, big-time key. If you really, really, really think about it, bro, they, and I wasn't going to say that when he, when he was on here because I don't want to put pressure on him because, I, again, I know how he is, but they need Monty to be really, really good. I mean, 15 games or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? He's he's the 
the next reliable thing next to Cole. We know he can start in the big leagues. He's healthy. Um, and, and right now, for me, I don't care how it lines up. He's the number two starter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. So he's got he's, he's to step up and be that number two starter until Sevy gets back or if Kluber can claim that spot or Talion. But if if all those guys are healthy and Kluber and Talion and Sevy comes back healthy and Monty steps up and does what he does, just makes our rotation that much better. But Monty has to be good for this team to be good, period. I agree, man. I agree. And I want him to be. I love. I mean, before his Tommy John surgery, I was big, big fan. And, and he's come back, worked his tail off to be in position to, you know, to impact this team. So and it was fun to get to talk to him because I know he's like your little brother. Yeah. So new episodes every Thursday. You guys know the deal. Bonus episodes as well. We'll be back next Thursday. And who knows? You might get a bonus episode before then. Make sure to tell everybody you know about R2C2. Peace, everybody. <laughs>